Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Farm Bureau on the Hill, a podcast where we dive into the latest on what's happening in the Tennessee General Assembly and how it impacts Tennessee agriculture. I'm Thomas Capps. I'm joined by Shelby Vinoy in our Public Policy Division here at the Tennessee Farm Bureau Federation. Shelby, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Thomas. So it's really go time in this session up on the Hill. A lot going on. Let's dive right into it and begin with bills that are impacting local government. Yes. So Kevin and I have kind of had a running joke with some of the members of the local government committee that typically we have standing committee meetings or standing uh, meetings with representatives who are on the ag committee. Uh, This year, though, it seems like we've spent more time with the folks who work in the local government committee space than we have any other committee on the Hill because there are just so many things that they're considering this session about funding for local government, um, zoning with local government, and obviously one of our priority issues is running through that as well. So I think we'll start with the most important and give an update on our priority issue uh, regarding Greenbelt and conservation programs. Um, So we have Senate Bill 711 and House Bill 898, which if you've been to the bell ringer, if you've been reading the alert, we've been talking about this for weeks, but we finally have an amendment that we're comfortable with and all of the other stakeholders are comfortable with that we're moving through committee and uh, thankfully it unanimously passed out of the house property and planning subcommittee last week so it will be before the house local government committee and the senate state and local government committee next week and in short what this does is it just clarifies and codifies a ruling from an administrative law judge um, regarding greenbelt eligibility when you're entered into a federal or state conservation program so A story that we heard from a constituent of Representative Hurt and Senator Stevens was uh, this farm had been enrolled in Greenbelt for years. He entered into a conservation program and um, had some issues with his local um, property assessor where they there was a miscommunication and he was removed from Greenbelt and then thus charged that three years rollback fee. So the ALJ, the administrative law judge, ruled that he should not have been subject to that rollback tax, and uh, we're just going to try to codify that so landowners across the state aren't penalized for uh, entering into a conservation program, um, and they're already in Greenbelt, because that really is the point of that program, to keep Tennessee's green space green. A couple other things that we're looking at, obviously the impact fee discussion is something that has been a recurring talking point for the last several weeks. Um, That legislation is still in subcommittee for uh, House Property and Planning. I do believe that there is an amendment coming, but although we don't have the exact language for that, we've been a part of those continued negotiations with local governments and and the lawmakers. But the intent of the legislation is still the same, which is to keep those property taxes from increasing as these communities, especially in the highly populated area, continuing to experience that population boom. Um, So we're supportive of this uh, effort and look forward to hopefully seeing that come up for discussion next week in property and planning. Also up in the House Property and Planning Subcommittee is House Bill 938 and Senate Bill 851, and that's relative to de-annexation. That's another topic that Farm Bureau has been involved in for several years. It would allow owners of real property who use their property primarily for agriculture purposes but and they're in a territory that was previously annexed by ordinance um, to de-annex that property. 
um, if the portion of that property is in within one mile of the existing municipal boundary. Um, so we're looking forward to supporting uh, Representative Alexander and Senator Bo Watson. I believe they both have constituents who have had a similar situation occur. So uh, we've been involved in that conversation for years and don't plan to change that anytime soon. Um, so I mentioned earlier, our Greenbelt Bill is in the full local government committee, but also in the local government full committee is uh, House Bill 28 by a uh, leader, William Lambreth. And then in the Senate, it's Senate Bill 75 by Chairman Bo Watson um, relative to urban growth boundaries. And it removes the extraterritorial zoning authority um, from cities within their urban growth boundary. And like everything else that's happened through this committee, um, I think there's going to be a, a few more discussions about that before the final amendment is before us. But uh, we plan to keep our members informed as those conversations take place. So that covers the bills that are impacting local government, and there are several other bills moving through right now that would directly impact agriculture, right? That's right. So the Senate Ag closed their business last week. The House Ag and Natural Resources Subcommittee is scheduled to close um, in the coming week. Um, we've looked at that calendar and looks like they have just a few things before them. But in the House Ag Full Committee, there was a, an action alert we sent out last week relative to uh, House Bill 842 about the ability for the state vet's office to order vaccinations in livestock. And there was some conversation around mRNA technology in livestock vaccines. Um, we just have some philosophical concerns with that legislation. And um, thankfully, after much discussion from the sponsor and the committee and some stakeholders, they did send that bill to summer study. Um, and if you're not familiar with what a, a summer study is, is it is what the name would imply. It allows lawmakers to study the issue further they can't take any legislative action on it so there's not going to be a vote in july or august but it merely gives them a chance to have some more in-depth conversations about a very specific topic to where when they come back in january if they feel like we still need legislative action they can do that at that time or it would just be a matter of educating uh, tennesseans on, on what came out of that summer study so um, that piece of legislation did go to summer study also last week, Amy and I talked about the state meat inspection program that was being heard before the House Ag Full Committee. Um, Farm Bureau has no position on this legislation, but it would develop a in-state meat inspection program and would require the Department of Ag to work with USDA on certifying that, that inspection process for those local processors. The conversation on that went so long that it had to be rolled next week. So uh, nothing has happened with that this week. Um, also the Scenic River Bill, which again, Farm Bureau has no position on, but um, has been kind of the topic of the conversation up on the hill. That conversation, we had, there were several members of the community that that Scenic River is located in or proposed scenic river would be located in that that showed up to, to speak their opinion and um the committees only meet for an hour and a half so they did have to roll a couple of those pieces of legislation to next week one other piece of legislation that kind of affects the ag space is relative to farmers markets so it defines what a farmers market is but then also creates a food unit permit for producers to use so Thomas, if you go to your local farmer's market in the community, they can now offer you, if, if this passes and they obtain one of these permits to offer samples, um, you can try some of that delicious produce that it's offered in the local farmer's market. So our policy just supports helping producers diversify their income, and we think this is a perfect opportunity to do that. 
Those farmers markets always uh, some great produce there for sure. That's right. I'm 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 am a simp for for a good farmers market. And a, another thing coming up uh, that I guess pertains to agriculture, maybe not necessarily a bill, but Ag Day is coming up, right? That's right. So National Ag Day is Tuesday. Uh, March 21st and in Tennessee we're going to celebrate that a few weeks later between Tennessee FFA state convention and and Tennessee 4-H congress we feel like all of our all those vital key players of agriculture are going to be at one or the other event and maybe both if you can swing get down I-40 fast enough but um, we're going to be celebrating that in Tennessee on April the 5th but I do believe you all have done a toolkit for National Ag Day. Yeah, there's a media kit out there, and uh, if you want that, you can contact one of us here at the home office. But Ag Day, is it's a fun day, number one, because you see all the posts about <laughs> agriculture and whatnot, and really a great opportunity for anybody in the agriculture industry, whether you work in it or, or you just appreciate the industry, which we all should because we all eat, right. uh, but just a, a great opportunity to share your ag story and really educate the public about agriculture and, and really the benefit that, that it provides to all of us for sure. That's right. And I, I've been lucky enough to help with Ag Day on the Hill for the last four or five years. And aside from National Ag Day, I feel like this kind of builds up to the event we have on the Hill where all the legislators come out. We've got cute, cuddly animals and um, engage in just a little bit of friendly competition between the two chambers. And if we're lucky, we'll get the governor involved and um, just thoroughly enjoy it, especially because it falls there at the end of session. So it's just what a, a fun day to take our mind off of everything that's happening in the committee room. I mean, it's not every day that you see livestock up on, on Capitol <laughs> Hill for sure. So it's, right. a, it's a very fun day. So what else is going on up on Capitol Hill? So aside from committees closing, which at, although the committees are closing, you would think that things would be slowing down because they're closing. The calendars are just getting longer and longer. And if they close, if they say they're going to close on Tuesday, but the calendar has uh, 98 bills in it, like our Senate Commerce Committee calendar did this last week, um, they don't necessarily get done now. So we're kind of in that period where we're just wrapping up those final calendars. So it's calendars are, are pages and pages in length and um, continuing those discussions. We are anticipating that the governor's budget amendment is going to be coming soon. So he revealed his uh, proposed budget in January at his state of the state address. And this kind of includes any changes that he's made to that budget or um, initiatives that he wants to see funded. Uh, so that document will kind of give us a better look at what that final budget is going to look like. And then each chamber has goes through an appropriations amendment process, which is where if you've got um, something in their district or a cause or a project that they're passionate about, uh, lawmakers can submit an appropriations request to have that project funded. Um, so that is what uh, keeps folks there the wee hours of the morning as we wrap up session on negotiating which projects are going to be funded. Obviously, every lawmaker thinks that the projects they've submitted are the most important and uh, trying to get 132 people to agree on a couple million dollars. You know, It's not that much money, but a couple million dollars worth of projects uh, will definitely be what keeps us there. But that process is underway and um, we're just kind of watching now that committees are closing, stuff that's headed to the floor. We'll have some long nights on Mondays, long days on Thursdays, but um, I feel like we have had a really fast-paced, efficient session, but uh, sure, I'm glad to see it uh, gearing down and coming coming to a close. <laughs> Everybody's about to be able to take that deep breath, a yes. sigh of relief that <laughs> it's finally over with. Yeah, the looming sense that we're missing something hopefully will subside soon, mm -hmm. but until then, we're, we're, we're still dealing with that.
Well, Shelby, great information as always. And this can all be found in the legislative alert. And most people probably get that. But if they don't subscribe to that, how can they get the legislative alert? Yeah, great question. So most county offices would be happy to get you added to their list. Um, But if you're not involved with your county farm bureau and just have an interest in what's happening in state government, um, I would be happy to set you all up with that. If you just email us at the home office at TFBF public policy division at tfbf.com you may have to play that back but uh, we'd be happy to get you signed up for the alert which is where most of what we discuss in the podcast is written Um, but there's also links about contacting members of the committee if there's a bill that you're interested in or uh, just linking to the general assembly's website and and keeping you involved uh, with what's happening during session well shelby thanks for joining us yeah thank you thomas glad to visit with you as always we appreciate each and every one of you listening this has been farm bureau on the hill.